I want to continue my series on the total defeat of Satan. Everyone say it with me. Total defeat of Satan. So is he still messing with you, your family, your finances, your... Rela- Hold on a minute. He shouldn't be because my Bible says he's been totally defeated. <clears throat> One of the most important revelations that you and I need to get is the fact that he is defeated through the work of Jesus on the cross because the greater revelation we have that, the more victories we're going to win because victories are won by faith. And as your faith of his defeat increases, it's going to help you to win more victories. Colossians 2.15, having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. So I want to continue today to build your faith. I know that there's people sitting here, maybe nearly everybody, and you've got issues, problems, struggles. You're battered, you're bruised in some area of your life. And I don't care how long it has been going on for. I want to say, do not be intimidated. Do not give up. God yet has a great victory in store for you. You may have begun to think this is never going to change. I'm here to tell you it is going to change because the God I serve says in His Word that He has given us the authority to defeat every work of the enemy. It's time for us to step up to a new level over His works and go down to the enemy's camp and take back what he has stolen from us. How many of you are ready to take something back from the devil? Well, tonight he's going to lose a lot of territory because we're going down to the enemy's camp. We're going to do some business with God in tonight's service. Romans 16 verse 20 says, The God of peace will crush Satan under Tarkbana's feet, under Jesus' feet, under the Father's feet, under the Holy Spirit. No, it doesn't say that. It says under your feet. Tell the person next to you, under your feet. Nice and now, go on, tell them. It's under your feet, all right? Friends, why I'm pushing this point is that so often we don't realize what authority God has given us. The word crush means to demolish, smash, obliterate, reduce to nothing. That's the authority you have. It speaks of the total destruction and defeat of the enemy's attack on you. We need to learn to use our spiritual feet and to crush every attack of Satan in our lives. Whether it's your family, your finances, your relationships, your health, your ministry, your career, whatever it is. The Roman soldiers were commanded to lift their feet high. And they were to march through and they said, lift them high and stomp loud so that Everybody knows that you're coming through and they, their shoes would have these spikes on them. And so anyone who got in their way would just be smashed, defeated, and obliterated. If the enemy is stupid enough to mess with you, just keep walking. Lift your feet up high and keep moving forward. Never, ever, ever take a step backwards. Never stop praying. Never start reading your Bible less. Never start coming to church less, more, uh, more infrequently. Never stop praising and lifting your voice to God. Because every time you take a step for, for, forward, back, the enemy takes a step forward. He puts his foot where your foot has just gone back and he will back you up into a corner and you will be thoroughly defeated. When the enemy messes with you, don't back off. Don't back away. 
Keep walking, keep moving forward, keep going ahead in Jesus' name. Whatever your circumstances today, no matter how fierce the attack, one of the greatest keys to victory is just keep walking. Tell the devil, this is what I want you to do. Tell the devil, you are going to regret messing in my life, my family, my circumstances. I am going to make you pay. Now listen up, devil. You've messed with me. I am now going to serve God more than ever before. I'm going to pray more passionately than ever before. I'm going to worship louder than ever before. I'm going to tell more people about Jesus than I've ever done before. I'm going to run with more fire than I've ever had before. Satan, you are going to regret messing with me. I will make you pay. Come on, church. Get some righteous indignation into your spirit, into your heart, and tell the devil, you know, he may have bruised your heel, but in Jesus' name, you're going to crush his head, according to my Bible. If If he is stupid enough to mess with you, keep walking. Raise your feet higher than ever before and the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet. I say it to you again, if he's messed with you, which he has, make him pay. Make him pay. Make him regret what he's done to you. You know, because why I say that is most people, when they get battered and bruised, they just back away. They slow down in their praying. They slow down in their prayer. Oh, I can't really praise God. I'm just beaten up. And they slow down on their church attendance. They stop serving God, saying, oh, I've just got to go and, you know, lick my wounds. No, friends. That's a backward step. That's what the devil's after. He wants you to do that. You say, instead of going backwards, you go forwards. And you tell the devil, you're going to sing louder than ever before. Say, devil, I'm going to attend the 9 o'clock, the 10 o'clock, the 11 o'clock, and the 6 p.m. service. And the prayer meetings, I'm going to make you pay. You will regret messing with my life in Jesus' name. Get that in your spirit. Get some righteous indignation inside of you and keep walking. Psalm 8, 6 puts it this way. You have made him to have dominion, that's him, you, over the works, all the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet. So God is saying he's put all things under your feet, everything. That's the victory that we have. Zechariah 4 verse 7 says, shout grace to your mountain. Let's read that verse together, shall we? Zechariah 4, 7. Who are you, O great mountain? Before, put your name in there, Zerubbabel, but put your name in there. You shall become a plain with shouts of grace, grace to it. You know, when you get really riled up with the devil, You're going to start to say, who are you, a great mountain? Who do you think you are? Before me, you're going to become a plane. A few weeks, I told you, a few weeks ago, I was walking along Teatitu Road, and the Spirit of God just came on me as it does from time to time. And it came on me with this verse. And I began, as I walked this road, I began to shout, grace, grace, grace. And I just felt such authority. I felt such power. I could almost feel mountains being removed in Jesus' name. And we're going to try and do a bit of that tonight as well and command some mountains to go in the name of Jesus. 
They're going to, you put your name, they don't go before the name of Jesus or before the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. They go in front of your name because of your name. In, the, in your name, you put that in there and the enemy has to flee. The Bible, my Bible teaches you've been given authority over mountains. Would you believe that? Over mountains. I remember years, a number of years ago, there was a lady in our church, teacher. She was just starting to teach, first class. And she said the class was just terrible. It was a disaster. And I think she felt like giving up. But then she heard about this verse. And so she, um, with her husband, they'd go into the classroom each morning. They'd walk around the classroom shouting, Grace, 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 Grace. What an awesome thing to do. Then she testified, she said the classroom was totally transformed by God's spirit and power. Friends, that is the authority that's found in that scripture. Shout grace to your mountain in Jesus' name. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So listen to some of these verses and let faith come into your heart. Verses on your authority in God. Luke 10, 19, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy that nothing, everyone say nothing, nothing may by any means harm you. That's a pretty all-embracing scripture. What about Mark eleven twenty three? Whoever says to this mountain, read it with me if it's up there. Whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart but believes that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Notice the focus on says, declaration, speaking. You know, you got to, it's whoever says to this mountain. You know, then it says, whoever, these things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. You got to talk to your mountain. You got to speak to it like it's a living thing and command it to go in the name of Jesus. And when you resist the devil, You've got to do it with some authority in your spirit. And uh, let me just give you a couple more scriptures. James 4 verse 7, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Okay, it's from you that he flees. 1 John 4 verse 5, he who is with you is greater than he who is in the world. So you speak with authority because the devil knows if you know that you have authority. It's exactly the same with your kids. So little Johnny is throwing food around the room. And you say, Johnny, please, please don't do that, Johnny. It's, it's, it's not, a, Johnny, please. I beg you, Johnny. No, no, friends, this, John, Johnny's not going to listen to that, isn't it? Johnny, stop that now. And then you can't get the stick anymore, right? <laughs> but you speak with authority. And Johnny knows that you know that you have authority. If Johnny works out that you're a bluff, (laughs) Johnny works out that you don't follow through on what you say, then Johnny ain't going to do anything. He's going to run your house. And there's going to be food all over the place, even up the walls and on the ceiling. And the devil's going to do the same. If he knows that you don't know that you've got authority, he'll just run you ragged. You've got to know the authority you have from Jesus. So Mark 16, verse 17, in my name, they will cast out demons. Now, this is really, really important. A lot of people don't like to hear about demons, but unfortunately, the Bible 
talks about demons. How many of you know that there, there are demons in the world? Do you, do you know that? Yeah, yeah. it's true. And God's given us authority over demons. And it's important we understand that because if we don't, they're going to really mess with our lives in a big way. So Yong Yi Cho tells a story of how he and his wife argued all the time. And he said that if there was a prize for arguing the most, then they would have beaten Adrian and myself. And all of you couples out there today, and they reckon they would have won the prize because they argued all the time. Now, this guy's got a church of 700,000 people, plus big church. But him and his wife are always arguing. So he's crying out to God, you know. He's probably preaching and crying out to God at the same time. You know, he's preaching away and saying, but Lord, my wife. Or my wife's probably praying the same thing as well. Anyway, he cried out to the Lord, and the Lord spoke to him. The Lord took him to Mark 16, this very verse that I'm referring to today. And he said to him, what was the first requirement I gave Christians in the Great Commission? The first requirement is, in my name, you will drive out demons. So friends, we, we can know how to do everything else. But if we don't know how to use our authority over the works of the enemy, he is just going to so mess with us. You see, a lot of the attacks you're under, I'm not saying all of them. I don't believe in a demon under every table and every trial. I'm not into that at all. But I do believe in spiritual powers out there who want to mess your life. Do you agree with that? There are. There's forces of darkness out there that want to trouble you. And so if you don't understand that you have authority and you deal with these forces, you're just going to go from fire to fire to trouble to trouble, and nothing's ever going to get better. So what Yongi Cho did, him and his wife prayed together, and they came against this thing. They drove out the demons, and he said all the fighting stopped. The marriage was totally transformed, and he says they never argued again, which is hard to believe, but hey, that's what he said. <laughs> we need to be alert, friends, that some of the attacks we're facing are spiritual. Not all, but some of them are. So I want to ask you a question. When was the last time you said to the devil with some authority, Satan, demons, take your hands off my family, off my marriage, off my finances, off my career, off my relationships? Satan, I command you, take your hands off. Get out of my life. Get out of my house now in Jesus' name. Asking you. When was the last time you did that? Because I say it as kindly as I can, if you are not doing that, he is going to have a field day and just mess you up so bad. And then you're going to, what, you know what you're going to think? Then you're going to think Christianity doesn't work. Yes, it does. Christianity does work. Sometimes we don't do the work <laughs> we need to do to make it work the right way. We can suffer paralysis by analysis. What does that mean? Well, we study all about the defeat of Satan. We listen to all the tapes. We look at why some people are healed, why people aren't healed. And we can know all of this analysis, but end up with hardly any faith in our hearts. It's better that we believe what God's word says. 
See, friends, don't believe your own experiences. You can't base your faith on your experience because your experience is going to let you down. And don't base your faith on the experiences of other people. You might say, yeah, well, look, I, I prayed for Johnny for, for three years and he never got healed. I don't care. My Bible says, by his stripes, we are healed. You, you, you know, you say, well, you give example after example about people who prayed and prayed and nothing ever happened. Friends, don't base your faith on your experience or that of others. Base it on the word of God. You know, because some people, even listening to what some other people say is not going to help your faith. I remember one person who had a terminal condition and some well-meaning person, I don't know how they were well-meaning, came up to them and said, oh, I knew someone had that condition. They died after four weeks. I mean, come on. You've got, you got to believe and read what the book says and not what other people say or what they try and put into your heart. You see, some of my experiences, I'm going to be honest with you, church, some of, my experience, some of the things I've been through as a Christian, all right, they scream at me and say, Tark, you can't always trust God. Look, you look at that situation. You know he let you down. Tark, God is not good all the time. You can't always put your confidence in him. He can't, he's not always faithful to what he says. And those words scream at me and they scream at you. But friends, I refuse to listen to the voice of the devil. I react to him and I respond and say, no, Satan, my God is always faithful. My God can be trusted. It pays. It pays to serve God. God is good all the time. My God will never let me down. He will never forsake me. He'll walk with me to the end of days. You might say, Tuck, has that always been your experience? Say, no. But if I scream it enough, declare it enough, my experience will start to match my words. Friends, don't take one step backwards. That's really the guts of the message I'm trying to share with you today. Keep moving forward. Keep claiming your promises in God. Mark 16, 17, these signs shall follow them that believe. The key word is believe. So you can know all about authority, but you've got to believe you've got it. The signs follow, the miracles follow, the healings follow, the breakthroughs follow those who believe. Not, well, I will come tonight and I hope something will happen. It won't. I'm coming tonight because I believe I'm going to get my breakthrough. I believe God's going to reward me in a significant way. See, Ms. Wigglesworth put it this way. If you would believe half as much as you prayed, you'd have your answer. Some people, you know, you know some people, for some of us, you know, it's not a matter of praying more, 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 more. It's a matter of believing more, more, more. Believe, 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 believe. He used to sing in his um, meetings, didn't he? His favorite song, all things are possible, only believe. All things are possible. Only, you know, we have our songs with 20 different lines to it, you know? But he had one song pretty much a lot of time. All things are possible, only believe. And he saw some of the most amazing, remarkable miracles our nation has ever seen. Why? Because he believed. Friends, start to believe the authority you have and see what God will do. A man was learning Greek to deepen his understanding of the Bible. He just wanted to know, you know, what does it really mean, blah, blah, blah. The Lord spoke to him clearly. And he said to him, understanding the mysteries of God comes by grace and revelation. Not, you know, there's nothing wrong with getting into the Greek, nothing wrong with studying the word of God. 
But don't let that replace revelation that comes from the throne of God. When God speaks into your spirit, he opens up a scripture to you. So you, you know, and with that faith comes and you can use that scripture. Yeah, you can know the Greek backwards, but that doesn't mean you're going to believe. That doesn't mean you're going to receive the answer that you are after. The promises of God are a key to defeating the enemy. Especially when God speaks personally to you. It's a powerful weapon to enforce the victory that Jesus has already won. Let's go to 1 Peter, chapter, 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 4. It says this, By which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature. The promises of God, friends, are so unbelievably powerful. Listen to this story. There's this missionary in Burma. And he sees a whole tribe of demon worshippers saved, turned to Christ. It was fantastic. But he struggles deeply with depression. And he just can't beat this thing. It's so bad that he's thinking, I'm going I'm to have to give up and go back home. But in the midst of it all, he began to realize that Satan had been defeated by Jesus. But also God gave him a promise. This is the key. James 4, 7, resist the devil and he will flee from you. He got the promise. So he grabbed a hold of that promise. You see, when you get a promise, you then got to do something with it. So he began to declare that promise. I don't know, maybe he shouted that promise, but he began to proclaim the promise and vocally resist the devil. He started saying, Satan, I resist you in Jesus' name. The Bible says, resist the devil. He will flee from you. Satan, I'm commanding you to flee. I don't know how he prayed, but that would be somewhere, something along those lines. Well, guess what, friends? The depression lifted. He won this incredible victory and was able to continue his work as a missionary. See, when a promise of God and the Spirit of God unite together, no devil or demon can withstand the power of it. Ask God for a promise. Why don't you do that right now, even as you're listening? Just say, God, would you give me a promise for my situation? There's a pastor, and he's through this building, he's doing this building program, and halfway through, he suddenly realizes he's millions of dollars short and in serious, serious trouble. Some of you are in trouble financially too. And so he begins to cry out to God. And God gives him a promise from Isaiah 10, I think it is, in verse 27. The burden will be lifted because of the anointing. Well, being the pastor, he decides he's going to preach a whole series of messages on the burden shall be lifted because of the anointing. Somewhere along the line, as he's claiming this promise, God gives him a dream, tells him exactly what to do, and the building program is completed and successful in Jesus' name. One promise from God changed absolutely everything. And finally, fasting. As you research Scripture over and over again, you find in times of desperation that people turn to prayer and fasting. Are you desperate? It's time to fast. Maybe you've not signed up for this, but you still can sign up. Let's go to 2 Chronicles 20, where there's, Israel is under tremendous attack. Everything is against them. In 2 Chronicles 20, verse 2. Then some came and told Jehoshaphat, saying, A great multitude is coming against you from behind this, beyond the sea. Is a great multitude coming against you? 
You just feel afflicted on every side. It's just not working. It's just not happening for you. Is that you? Verse 4, verse 3. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. That's what we've done. So Judah, verse 4, gathered together to ask help from the Lord and from all the cities of Judah they came to seek the Lord. In other words, the people began to gather together to seek the Lord with fasting and with prayer. Verse 12, maybe this is you. Oh, our God, will you not judge him? For we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us, nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. So they're saying, God, we've got, we've got no chance in this situation. It's, we're overwhelmed. We're defeated. We're beaten. This enemy is way, way bigger than us, God, but our eyes are upon you, and we will fast, and we will seek your face. If you read in verse 22, they win an incredible victory against all the odds. The enemy is completely defeated, and they gather great spoils of victory in Jesus' name. They turn to prayer and fasting. And you know, as we've been doing that ourselves, we need to expect great victories in Jesus' name. We need to expect that we're going to hear testimonies of people winning against the odds. When the backs are against the wall, it seems like it's impossible. God is going to break through and do extraordinary things. I believe it's time for the extraordinary. I believe it's time for the unusual. I believe it's time for, for the unexpected to take place and God to give us enormous victories by the power of the Spirit in Jesus' name. It's time for Church Unlimited to win some amazing victories. It's time for us to take new ground from the enemy. It's time to go down to the enemy's camp and take back what he has stolen from us. It's time to arise in the authority that God has given us against all the works of the enemy. It's time to experience more and more victories and walk in greater and greater dominion than ever before. Nothing is too hard for the Lord. With God, all things are possible. Make a decision today. This is the decision that you need to make. Devil, you are going to regret ever messing with me. I am not taking one step backwards. In fact, I'm going to move forward and serve God with greater passion, zeal, fire, energy than ever before. I'm going to sing louder than ever before. I'm going to pray more passionately than ever before. Satan, I'm going to tell more people about Jesus. You are going to pay. You should never have messed with me because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. It's time to lift high the name of Jesus, to lift his praises louder than ever. It's time to come to New Zealand and beyond. Drive out Satan from our nation and help to heal our land in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's have the musicians, please.